Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice through our radio show like this and also a series of virtual events. Um, So visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more uh, and there you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and also see our events calendar to get an idea of the kinds of things that are going on. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts and managing director and founder of Woodread. Woodread is a specialist creative agency and we use the tools, the techniques and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work high-performing cultures, if you like, of engaged employees. And um, today we're going to be focusing on talking about a better employee voice strategy. Um, And to help us um, explore that topic, I'm delighted to welcome back to the show, actually, Rob Catalano. Rob is the Chief Engagement Officer at WorkTango, and he spent the last 18 years consulting companies on employee engagement while also building HR technology and advisory companies. He's Canadian Chairperson for the Enterprise Engagement Alliance um, and very much um, aligns there with with our our mission at Engage for Success as they have a mandate to lead and help educate corporate government and not-for-profit management on a formal process for implementing engagement across the enterprise community. Rob's been very involved with Engage for Success um, since our launch really Um, and last year uh, was named one of the 100 top global employee engagement influencers. So um, we're very pleased to have Rob with us today. Um, and I know um, that one of the things that Rob talks about, as well as his um, sporting hobbies around hockey and volleyball, um, is he describes himself as a pointaholic, uh, collecting loyalty points for everything and anything. And uh, I have to say, uh, Rob, we don't give out loyalty points on Engage with Success Radio, but if we did, I think you'd have to earn them because um, we were talking before we came on air. This is, I think, your third appearance, um, possibly four, um, that you've been on the show. So very much welcome back to Engage with Success Radio, Rob. Um, it's good to have you with us. We're on show number 422, so um, we've packed a few in since we last spoke to you. So uh, thank you for joining us again. Good to have you back. Do you you want to cut off, Rob, just tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit more about yourself than I've been able to share in that sort of potted introduction. Yeah, absolutely. And first off, uh, thanks, Joe, for having me back. Uh, to your point, I've been involved in Engage for Success when I was out living in the UK, but I'm in, in cold, much colder Toronto right now in Canada. Uh, but uh-huh. I, I've loved seeing what the, the community that's being built and uh, and supporting it all the way over here overseas. But uh, I guess to your to your question, you know, a bit of my background. Uh, it's actually interesting. You talked earlier in your introduction around using uh, processes and structures around how we work on building businesses and our customers and then translating that to the employee world. Uh, but I actually started off as a marketer uh, and I would mm-hmm. uh, work in large organizations as our clients every once in a while. And I would sit around wondering why were people so disengaged at work? 
Uh, and we collect all this data and do all these things from a customer research perspective. Why aren't we using data for our employees? And it was at that point where I said, I don't really care about the theory of motivation on why people buy a certain brand or that brand of shoe or what motivates them to tie themselves to a consumer brand. I started getting a little more um, curious around what motivates people at work and why do they give more discretionary effort? Why don't we use all mm -hmm. this data and process and approach for the employee side? And that turned into, you know, the last 18 years of my life focusing on uh, on HR and building HR technology organizations. So that's, yeah. uh, you know, I spent about 11 years growing companies in the rewards and recognition space. And then, and you know, about six years ago, started an organization called Workango on this topic mm -hmm. of employee voice. Yeah. I think it's, I think we're very much in, aligned on that, aren't we, Rob? It's, it's this sort of big ka-ching moment, realization moment of, well, why is it that people understand and apply data and insights and the insight-led approach in the sort of the marketing world um, and very often fail to, to apply those same, that, those same techniques and approaches internally. So um, absolutely. So great, good. Um, so, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a funny old 20 months, hasn't it, really? And I'm just wondering <laughs> whether um, what you've seen going on uh, in the world of employee voice or employee listening um, because there's not much point with if you just have employee voice going out into the ether. Somebody needs to actually be listening to it. And I'm, I'm just wondering whether you've seen things changing radically in the last 20 months in terms of trends around, you know, how companies have perhaps been changing their approach to this and whether that's been as a result of COVID and then, then because they've been driven to do that because of COVID or whether you think it might have happened anyway. Yeah, so I definitely think there's some major themes. Um, one of them is companies are just reevaluating their whole approach in general when it comes to the frequency and reason why they listen to employee feedback. Uh, so mm -hmm. for what I mean by that is, you know, companies were typically doing an employee engagement survey once a year. Well, in the world of COVID, you know, that isn't allowing you to get diagnostic feedback on what's happening in your organization, right? It's not looking at changes or getting feedback to inform better decisions from a people perspective. Uh, so the mm -hmm. world has really shifted from let's do this one-time measurement assessment to let's get feedback across anything that matters in the whole employee journey, whether that's engagement, whether that's people's onboarding experiences, working from home, you name it. Uh, so there's definitely been a shift from that perspective. Um, mm -hmm. And that frequency is providing, one, better insight to inform decisions, as I mentioned. But the second trend is it's providing leaders insights and uh, data to enable them to be more successful. And what I mean by that is, you know, HR, unfortunately, can't hold employees' hands or leaders' hands in building a better experience sitting in offices. So they're having to trust their leaders to provide that level of engagement and experience to the employee base. I mean, I, you know, I don't think it's uh, an arguable fact, but arguably leaders have the biggest impact on engagement of employees or their experience or their performance than anything else. And, and what we're seeing as a big trend is you know, HR is saying, you know, if we're going to listen to employees and get their feedback, well, let's not just keep it in HR. Let's enable leaders with that data. We're seeing, you know, companies give that insight in real time to leaders, offer them those insights, because again, they're having to navigate through uh, a lot of these changes that are happening um, uh, in the workplace. And, and mm -hmm. I think that ties into a third major trend where the action on this type of feedback from employees has always been an HR-driven in initiative. But in that spirit of an enabling, uh, enabling leaders, 
there's more focus on leaders taking accountability on the actions, the plans in order to improve engagement because a one size fits all solution won't support an organization. <laughs> At the end of the day, leaders are the ones as mentioned that are gonna really focus on uh, the engagement that's specific to their team. So, I mean, there's a number of other changes and, and items that are that are definitely happening in the last 20 months, but those are some you know, very specific themes that have been amplified given what's, what's going on in the world. Sure. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, we, I, you're talking about leaders, and I'm, I'd like to explore a little later um, the the kind of drip down of that or the trickle down of that to sort of line managers and people leaders, um, team leaders, because um, you know there's definitely that that in, the importance of senior leadership um, listening and acting on what they hear. But but you also need to sort of look at we've certainly seen things. I've seen things happening more locally with those insights being being um, uh, used to develop more localized action plans as a result. Well, I know we're going to talk about that in a minute as well, but I wonder whether what your view is, you were talking about, uh, and I'm absolutely with you on this, you know, the annual employee survey no longer cuts it. We've seen a, a greater increase in frequency, but equally, um, I do still hear people talking about survey fatigue and people saying, oh, you know, we, 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 can't, we can't keep asking our people um i've got my views about that but i'd be interested to hear what you what, what your <laughs> response to that would be rob yeah so first things first I, I don't think there's any such thing as survey fatigue if you're actually doing something about the information what typically happens in companies is what i call lack of action fatigue um you know i work with organizations that are getting feedback on a weekly basis bi-weekly you're getting insights from employees but they're more than happy to give you their honest and authentic feedback when something changes as a result. So, you know, that being said, um, the difference comes in what I was mentioning earlier around uh, measurement versus uh, diagnostic feedback. And, and what I mean by that is when companies changed from the engagement survey annually to something more frequently, all they did was a pulse survey of the same questions every month or every quarter or every week. And that's when you start getting fatigue and complacency and nothing changes. However, where companies are starting to shift is, you know, what I call active listening, where, yeah, you can measure yes. concepts over time, but what is, the, what is the feedback that you want to dig deeper into, right, in terms of understanding sentiment from previous periods, but also, mm -hmm. you know, what is the diagnostic feedback that's going to change, you know, decisions and policy and and really build a better workplace and a better experience overall across that whole employee life cycle. So, uh, you know, when companies take that approach to it, that we're not just here to measure things like engagement, we're here to build a better experience holistically. That's mm -hmm. when survey fatigue starts, you know, becoming less of an issue in, in the experience I've had with MERS on this type of, uh, of active listening model. Yeah, yeah, I like, I love, I love. I mean, I'm totally with you on that. I love that phrase, lack of action fatigue. I think you know that is exactly it, isn't it? And um, so, yeah, interesting. I mean, do you do you think have you do you think over the last sort of 20 months or so, um, employees and and I'm talking about them as a kind of holistic lump, which clearly is the wrong thing to do. But you know, do you think there's been any change in the way employees view their employers or view the organizations for whom they work? Have they become more demanding, for example, or has it become more democratic or they become, uh, I don't know what really, I'm just sort of guessing. 
Yeah, and, and I guess it's, you know, to your point, it's hard to, to put them all into one place because every company has been addressing this differently. Um, mm. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is actually a, a time where leaders, organizations can really, um, really stand out and provide that level of, of, of experience for employees that is memorable. It's a time to, to kind of build that connection with employees in different ways. And my hope is that um, companies are doing that because employees now are looking at how companies or leaders are reacting to these situations to see, you know, what the experience would look like in an organization moving forward when things aren't going fantastic or there's amidst a lot of change. So mm-hmm. in saying that, I think, you know, employees are definitely listening. They're definitely seeing if leaders and organizations are you know, are, are leading by example in terms of what they're trying to accomplish versus what they're doing, you know, what they say versus what they do. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that they're definitely listening and in tune above and beyond because this is a really good test to see what it would like to be operating in that organization moving forward. Um, there's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of examples there where, you know, companies are just, you know, dropping the ball or not really caring about people's personal wellness. Um, you know, we need employees to get through these times. And those are the employees that are you know, going to choose to find happiness elsewhere um, yeah. if companies aren't addressing these items. Well, there's, there's much talk, isn't there, about the great resignation. And I know that there's, a, you know, there's some debate about you know, the extent to which this is just a, a bit of a sort of consultant's hype. But, I mean, you can't argue with some of the figures that, it, that we're seeing, both in the UK and, and in, in North America. I don't know whether it's the same in, in Canada, but I know you work on a, on a global stage. Um, I don't think we can argue with, with, the, with the actual data that says there's record numbers of vacancies, for example, or record numbers of people um, quitting their jobs. So employee listening, um, it, it's almost something you ignore at your peril, isn't it, if you're a, if you're a leader? Yeah, exactly. By the way, the whole mass resignation, now when I do talks, I just put a slide that says, all right, we brought it up. It's a topic of 2021. Let's move forward. But I mean, the, the reality <laughs> is it's more than just COVID, right? It's, it's every sure. experience an employee is going through at this time. But Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, there, there is data and evidence out there, just like you show, you know, when you're recognized employees more, you see engagement going up that you know, organizations that enable employee listening. And I love that employee voice is one of the, you know, engagement, engagement success pillars. Um, there is evidence out there that companies that have higher levels of employee listening uh, do see uh, higher levels of not only engagement of organizational, you know, cross functionality in terms of success in terms of productivity, and, and there's a number of research uh, data points out there. So, yes, I like how you said it, Joe. Ignore your peril. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's linked to retention for sure, isn't it? So um, that's uh, okay. And, and then I guess, you know, there's another big topic that um, has come bounding along in the last, in the last couple of years, um, uh, independent of, of COVID, but absolutely um, come to the fore and um and rightly so and that's diversity equity and inclusion um and i wonder whether you've seen you know what have you seen in terms of the impact that that has had on the way organizations have have listened to employee voice and and how they've used employee voice to perhaps shape their responses to to that topic yeah, so this is a really good example, you know, especially DEI, of what we were just talking about of, of being more diagnostic, right? It, it, think about it. If your employee listening strategy includes that employee engagement survey once a year, and that's pretty much it, 
then you haven't been checking in on people's experiences with remote work or concerns around, you know, psychological health and safety and all the wellness components of COVID, as well as what's happening from building a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplace. So, you know, to your question, yes, organizations are trying to, for now, figure out not only representation, right, what is the makeup of our organization, but how do employees feel about this being a more diverse, inclusive, and equitable culture, and not just at an aggregate level, but underrepresented groups. And again, you know, doing this once a year, I think companies are starting to, uh, to change their listening strategy to include a DEI listening approach, which that wellness uh, and uh, change management are the top three things I've seen with our organization increasing in terms of frequency since COVID. Um, uh-huh. but, but that's, a, I think, a critical part of the whole entire employee listening journey. Again, it should be about hire to retire in every experience, not just measuring engagement. Um, but, but organizations are challenged now because HR, it's, it's, it's just sitting within their world. They're trying to figure it out, but what they're starting is, is the listening, right? What is the representation of how do people feel about their experiences? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, interesting, actually, something that just listening to you and thinking about this diversity, equity and inclusion and the need to be inclusive of your entire workforce. Um, one of the groups that is often considered to be disenfranchised when it comes to um, their employers listening to them or disenfranchised when it comes to having their voice heard are those who are remote workers who are not office-based or and particularly those who don't have kind of company or organization email addresses or perhaps are not digitally you don't in, don't have to use digital tools or technology in any way for their work um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking frontline workers, um, healthcare assistants, cleaners, um, catering assistants, you know, all these sort of people that keep the wheels turning in so many of our um, national institutions. And yet they often are the people who don't have an opportunity to be heard because they're not easily able to access the conventional w- ways of of, of listening to employee voice and I know that your organization is very clearly is a tech organization but I wonder if you if you face that challenge um come up against come up against that problem um in the work that you do with the clients that you work with Rob and how if so you know how how do you address it yeah I mean you nailed it Joe right there yes we need to listen to employees we talked about how important it is we talked about being inclusive, not only as your organization, but there should be inclusivity in terms of hearing employee feedback. And, and you know, in terms of what we do at WorkTango when it comes to listening to employees, leveraging you know, surveys throughout the whole employee lifecycle, we land, end up in those situations like you just mentioned, where employees are never in front of a computer or don't even have an employee address. And the way that we, um, the way that we handle that is, is a couple of ways. One is yeah. you try to be in the flow of work. You know, maybe it's not email, but maybe they have a text message they can receive to provide their feedback. Um, uh-huh. you know, if you don't have any of that information, you know, sometimes like many healthcare organizations, we just have you know, posters that are around or people can scan a QR code on their smart device and provide their feedback there. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, we have what we call our, our kiosk mode. This is a URL that people could go to in the manufacturing plant or, you know, at a city uh-huh. town hall, for example, and, and do it there and still keep authentic confidential feedback or a very memorable URL that they could 
do it at home or have their children help us uh, help them go yeah. through that process. So there yeah. are, you know, outside of paper, which is still an option, but many companies are trying to get away from in terms of the mm. speed of getting insights. Um, we find ourselves in many situations trying to enable companies to enable employee voice in those types of environments. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. It's funny you should mention QR codes because I, 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 I'm a big fan of them. But uh, they, I saw something on Twitter the other day which made me chuckle, which is that they, uh, somebody was saying, I haven't QR codes are the comeback story of 2021. You know, they, <laughs> they were heralded, weren't they, as this great thing years ago. And then they kind of not exactly died a death, but they, they kind of went away a little bit. But my goodness me, they've come back with a vengeance, haven't they? Oh my gosh, I can't even go to a restaurant without having to scan a QR code to look at my menu, right? It's definitely back, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, the, the great comeback success story of the of the year, apparently. So no, absolutely. And you do, you just have to be much more, with all of these things, you just have to be much more intentional in your thinking and intentional in your planning to actually consider, well, how do we make sure that we hear those voices as well? And have we got the right kind of me- mechanisms in place? Uh, and and all it, it just takes a bit of creative thinking more often than not, doesn't it? And um, trying to trying to sort of make sure that that can happen. Okay. Yeah. Now, you were and, talking, and, and, the thing I'll add there, about, Joe. Sorry, oh, go on. Sorry, apologies. I was going to add there is that you know you know I don't know about what's happening in the UK right now. It sounds like you're going to hear some new notions on lockdowns, and and we just had that change in Canada a couple of days ago. But we're talking about these offline workers, like in the spirit of getting feedback on in a more diagnostic and real-time way, there's so many changes happening for those folks. We're changing policies. We're changing the way that they have to interact and come into offices or, you know, uh, or work with customers. You know, everything's mm-hmm. changing. If we don't have a more robust employee listening approach that's, again, in real time and frequent, it's going to be hard to navigate through all these changes that we're trying to navigate through, through COVID. So this is just one very specific example of how a more, a more uh, intentional and uh, and frequent listening approach is going to influence how we make decisions on building better employee experiences, which we all know makes better customer experiences and better business results. Uh, so I would find this is a really good example, especially to your point about offline workers that uh, that, you know, you know, kind of I think will speak volumes for people that are living that right now. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely. Well, I just I want to sort of turn now, if I may, to the role of the line manager. Now we at Engage for Success, and you've already mentioned our, our four pillars or the four enablers of engagement. Employee voice is one of them. Um, the role of leadership, being able to articulate the, the direction of the, com- the, the company, tell the story of where it's come from, where it's going, that whole sort of purposing is another. Um, the third one is around the role of line managers, line managers' ability to engage and coach and stretch their people and really nurture their team to be the best they can be. Um, I wonder whether, from your perspective, um, you you could talk a little bit about that. You know, where what is the role of the line manager or the team leader or the people leader? It's not it's not just about a much more visible senior team, is it? It, it does come down to actually implementing things at a more local level. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, right? When people ask what Work Tango does, and, and you know, at a high level, one, we help employees listen to employees, right? Through you yeah. know, through again employee survey. Second is get those results and insights. 
But the idea is it's not just results and insights to HR executives. It's every single leader in an organization with many companies we work with. Uh, but the third, and I think most critical thing we do is we enable action. And, and, and how do you support those leaders, not only with the data, but to do something with that information or understanding the sentiment of their employees. So to your mm-hmm. question, what organizations are starting to do, and I think it's one of the major trends I mentioned earlier, is that if we're sitting on data in HR when it's not really being leveraged, um, we have companies that are giving that data in real time where they log in a dashboard to see responses just for whatever you want them to see. Is it just their direct reports in their hierarchy? Is it just their country? Is it just their, their region of stores? Whatever it is, you're adding a level of speed to get information to those folks and the employee voice to those individual leaders. Uh, but also Mm. more accountability to move the needle on, again, building engagement and performance for those teams. So it is, uh, it's been a a big trend in the last three to five years where I'm saying HR is becoming less of a filter to that data, but enabling leaders more um, with that information. Uh, And then to round out the earlier point I make, I mean, about action, that's when, you know, technology comes into play. For example, with our technology, the system will recommend learnings and actions based on feedback based on those individual leaders or teams. And then you start getting into the speed of listening, insights, and action, which is where rubber really hits the road, right? We're not just listening to our employees just to measure something or because it makes us feel good. We're doing it to change behaviors and better the experience. And think about it, right? You have your strategic narrative as an HR team or executive on one end of the spectrum. You have your employees that conduct actions on the other end of the spectrum. In the middle are leaders, right? They're the ones that enable that. They're the ones that are so critical in this system. Um, and I think they're, they're just as critical in the whole employing listening uh, equation as well. Yeah. And, and of course, they're, they're, they're the ones who will then translate and create the, the kind of joined up understanding of how the actions on a day to day and the actions on the ground are actually, can actually be tracked back to say how they show how those matter how those contribute to the overall delivery of the purpose and how everyone is aligned behind that. So it's joining up the dots, isn't it, as well? Yeah, and they're best positioned to do it, really knowing the strategic narrative of a company, but also what employees need. Uh, And and again, it's different for every team and every department and every country, for example. So they're so critical and why, you know, companies are making them a big part of this listening strategy. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. And then that, of course, addresses the point you were making about um, lack of action fatigue is is a thing rather than survey fatigue you know and I totally agree with you people are not going to keep giving their views and 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 sharing their voice if nothing ever changes or happens as a result but if you can if you can actually um, make sure that action happens as a result but also importantly convey to people or communicate to people so that they can see that that action came about as a result of what it was that they said. And that's much more likely to happen on a local level, isn't it? Exactly. More globally, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? We just talked about, you know, the annual engagement survey, why, you know, HR runs an an action plan and then nothing happens. Well, why does nothing happen? One, because again, leaders, they're not accountable. Like no one's gonna do something different if no one's gonna check in until a year later, right? So if you're getting more frequent in your listening strategy, leaders are more accountable to make change, but also yeah. if it's individual and they're accountable to create the action for their teams or respective departments, for example, now it's more specific. It's not a one size fits all solution. And that's when you start seeing engagement scores and real impact on the actions themselves. 
And and you talk about scores, um, and that kind of talks to me quantitative. You know, that's the numbers, that's the the measurement. Um, but there's also a richness to be found often, isn't there, in 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 trying to gather things from a qualitative perspective and actually get the sense of what it is people are saying because there can be some real nuggets lurking in there, can't there? Yeah, you know, I think I call it, you know, there's two types of employee voice. One are the the numbers and quantitative and, and what people respond and how they feel. But mm. you, without the open-ended feedback, you lose context on the why or the recommendations. And that's what I call participative management. So again, whether it's, you know, technology to look at themes and sentiments and understand that in an easier way, um, we find mm. that that's you know, providing companies a lot more context to what's on employees' minds or ideas or recommendations they have. Um, we even have unique ways where you can interact with comments confidentially. So you can have, you know, uh, confidential conversations to dig into worrisome comments uh, and still keep that confidentiality. So there's, there's different ways uh, to leverage open-ended feedback. And I think companies that, that do not offer that opportunity or do not collect that type of information, uh, I think, find themselves that, a disservice because it's, it's really important feedback to help. Yeah. Again, there's build a, a real experience. Yeah. There's a real, a real richness in that. And that's, would you say that's something that's increased going to be a, a, a increasingly important in the future then Rob, as we come to the end of our show now? I think it will be, but technology is making it a lot easier. So uh, I think it'll be just a part of the employee listing strategy mm. for most companies uh, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, the technology makes everything easier. It throws up some challenges along the way, but generally it, it takes away a lot of the, lot of the grunt work, doesn't it, of yeah. doing these things. <laughs> Excellent. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. We've come to the end of our show today. Thank you to today's special guest, Rob Catalano, who is Chief Engagement Officer at Work Tango. And thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. We have no show now until the 10th of January when our special guest is another returning guest, I believe. Um, Alistair Aitchison. Meanwhile, though, if you're going to be missing us, um, don't forget you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engageforsuccess.org. Otherwise, to all our Engage for Success listeners, our volunteers and supporters, today's guest, Rob Catalano, and all of our guests throughout the year, Merry Christmas and a safe and healthy new year. We'll see you in 2022. And if you want to get involved in the movement, we're always looking for more volunteers. So do get in touch at engageforsuccess.org. Thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.